Hey everyone, Abraham here. Just letting you know that um, before we start this episode, we recorded this originally in one whole piece, but decided later that we wanted to divide it into two episodes. So what you're going to hear today is just part one of a two-part episode on self-management. And then next week we will release part two. So uh, hope you enjoy. Welcome to Why We Do What We Do. Um, my name is Abraham, and I'll be your host. And I'm your co-host, Ryan O. And so we're tackling uh, something that is, uh, I think you know, we're on this kick right now of strategies to help you. Sort of, This isn't meant to be like a self-help podcast, but uh, these, these ideas <laughs> felt related and the stuff that we were talking about recently. So um, we felt like uh, we could do some good overlap and all that. So uh, all that is to say we're talking about self-management. <laughs> yes, self-management is very near and dear to my heart. Cool. Um, so mostly, I think you have a lot to say on this, and I'll probably let you uh, take a lot of the lead because you have cool. some great points to make. Um, so let's just start by talking about what, what do we mean when we even say self-management? What does that refer to? Okay. So I talk about it's just like patterns or things that we do to help us achieve what we want to accomplish or experience in life. Cool. Same. And uh, I, I had my own thing that I sort of came up with, and um, based on my experiences with this word, um, and we talked about this a little bit before we started, but self-management is like so much of what you do. It's almost everything you do. Yeah. Um, so I narrowed mine down a little bit to like it's changing or regulating your own behavior. Okay. But even then, it doesn't have to be just changing or regulating your behavior. And I also realized as I was preparing for this that there's – a self-management where you are the one who initiates the process, and then there's self-management where other people try and initiate that process in you. Call so, that an intervention, right? Yeah, like an intervention. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I give uh, one example I thought of was uh, your dentist trying to get you to floss. Yeah. Like they want you to self-manage that process. Yeah. Of, you come in here, and I have to clean your teeth, and your, your gums bleed, and you complain about how much it hurts, and like this would not be the process if yeah. you would just floss. Yeah. And so they uh, – but you know, obviously, at least not the dentist I've ever been to, really yeah. set up a system of like um, here are the things you need to do to be better at flossing. Yeah. So um, again, I, I don't want you to – Come into this thinking that we're going to teach you how to um, be a superhuman and walk out of here and you're like, all right, now I know how to yeah. diet and exercise and I'm going to have a perfect relationship and get good grades yeah. and make a lot of money. And, um, and But hopefully have some tips and strategies that we can talk yeah. about. And on that point, there's two things. Uh, the first one is there's a lot of research out there that I think is relevant that doesn't seem relevant. Sure. So really, I think like almost everything I've read in my yeah. field, like I feel contributes towards helping somebody. Agreed. When it comes to self-management. So it's very hard for us to draw the lines on the research here. Yeah. Um, There's almost, as I was looking up, almost an overwhelming <clears throat> amount of research that's been done on self-management. Yeah. And like my thing is like if you don't include self-management in your search terms, yeah, I feel like a lot of our field is completely relevant. Sure. Because it's kind of that how do you conceptualize why something's happening? Yes. Um, and can you kind of see through that lens of understanding why something's happening in your own life? So that you can then make some changes towards it, right? So actually, give me a sort of epiphany as we're saying that that part of the utility of tackling the self-management thing is that a lot of people might have the question of why do I not do something? Yes. And so we can get at the not do something by talking about the things that you are doing and how to regulate your behavior yes. around that. Let's make sure to really bring that point back up. Actually. Okay. Great. I did not include that in the notes, and that's okay. an extremely important part. Sweet. Yeah. So the other thing that I was thinking of is. Uh, you kind of alluded to this, like everything, you're not going to be a superhuman. I don't think there's a superhuman out there, yeah. really. You there's know, no, like, no that, perfect human. Yeah. 
and we'll get into that, like the very nature of moving towards things that you like, like you can't do other things. Like it's a competing response. So you just can't actually do all these things all the time. Right. Um, now I also think that, uh, what I was saying that like, there's a lot of, it's unclear where the literature is, you know, the lines are and like what's really effective mm-hmm. in our literature. And I think a lot of it applies. Um, I think any one who is out there that is a motivational speaker, yeah. right? Your Tony Robbins, your Gary Vaynerchuk's. Dude, they're all over um, all over the self management thing. <laughs> yeah, um, anybody who is a company that's a platform, or, you know, maybe Amazon, Google, Apple. Those folks are kind of platforms for apps and products. Yeah, they're out on the marketplace. Um, what is it? Individual. That's pretty much the main ones, right? Okay. Individual kind of technology. I'm trying to think of other kind of ways in which people try to like kind of interact with self management sort of things to try to help you out. Well, I think even a common one people have is just like using – I have a planner sitting right here. A yeah. planner has my schedule. Okay. That's, that's a way that I self-manage by I, – I try and be organized about my schedule. Yeah. And so like these are – these tools are just everywhere. Yeah. And they're, I guess – yeah, that's perfect. So like it doesn't matter what they look like, but there's cultural things that we're trying to move towards. So yeah. say like here's your tool. Try it out. Um, nobody – my point is nobody's hit that on the head. Like yeah. – no one solved that problem. Right. No, That's the no one's got the perfect solution. Come to some to some motivational speaker and like, I want to learn how to um, have a perfect diet and always just want to yeah. eat the right foods. Yeah. Like th- there isn't a perfect solution that's like, boom, here's your treatment. Go home and, and be a better eater. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's uh, – and if you even look at the – you know the, the one guy that I'm really into is Gainer, Gary Vaynerchuk and he's in the business world where he does a lot of – in entrepreneurship really where he talks a lot about – kind of motivating people. And he says like, I'm going to go out there and try to get a certain number of people mm-hmm. motivated and I'm not going to reach everybody. Yeah. I, I truly think that he, he, he thinks that he can't motivate everybody. And mm-hmm. also he kind of draws lines on like, I'm only going to do X amount to try, right. which I think is totally respectable. And it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you got to know like what, what your limits are. Yeah. Um, there's nothing out there that's solved this problem. Like, yeah. At all. And like that and it might not ever be. Something yeah. that can just completely solve that's, this problem. That's not even like your million or billionaire dollar idea. That's your like trillion dollar. <laughs> like the the day that's solved, everyone will be very happy on like how to motivate and kind of self manage these sort of things. Seven minute um, abs. Yeah. So yeah, to not get into it too much, um, there's a lot of components that go into it, and no one's really hit it. Um, so maybe we can start and in jumping into where I've kind of like grouped it and like what kind of goes into self-management does that sound cool I've yeah got three kind of main points i want to hit a couple things on um a little bit more just like what we what we're talking about what self-management is Let's hit that first yeah and just uh, to get out of the way this idea that if someone's good at self-management it's important to acknowledge that like this is a this is a learned thing yes. you do not come out of the womb being good at self-managing mm-hmm. um and Granted, there's going to be people who are going to have an easier time with this than others, but like this, you really have to develop specific skills relevant to your specific circumstances. These are going to be relevant um, to your culture and to your uh, even like your upbringing and, and the household that you're in. So the extent to which people show up and they're they have really great self management strategies, and you look at those people and you're like, man, this person can like do anything. They uh, they wake up early, they go to the gym, they eat healthy, they uh, are always on time to work, uh-huh. and it's uh, you look at that and you want to say they must they must have great genes and maybe they do but yeah. like those behaviors that they've picked up to do that 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 is a totally learned process so don't look at your own terrible behavior and yeah. think of like like oh i'm just screwed because i was born with terrible self-management skills yeah exactly <laughs> there's a term i like that, that i've been into recently it's called macro patience micro speed okay the idea is like Sounds fun. whatever you want over yeah. you know five ten years something crazy like that right it's mm-hmm. going to take a long time Okay. Move fast in the day to day. Try to work on you know bettering yourself as much as you can, 
Um, and I, th- I think that's been a nice way to kind of think about it. Just mi- macro patience, micro, macro patience, micro speed. Okay. How can we kind of like work towards these things, but yeah. realize that it's going to take a lot yeah. to really get these established kind of patterns. Figure out how to be patient. That's yeah. Something. Cool. So yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of applications of self-management. Um, and so I guess I'd actually kind of like to hit a list of like common examples of where people like to try and do self-management and mm-hmm. then they get into your, some of the stuff you talked sure. about. Sure. So um, some places that, and I've already alluded to some of these, that people are going to practice or try to practice self-management are like super commonly with exercise. Mm-hmm. That's a huge one. Um, if you've seen those couch to 5K programs, yep. uh, people who get like running apps, um, and a lot of these running apps have built-in things that they try and get you. Like mine has an alert that says, yeah. hey, you ran this time yesterday. Do yeah. you want to run again because it's that time again today? Yeah. Like, no, not really. But yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Dieting is a huge one. Uh, finances is a really huge one. I mean, the, that is... I, I think a billion dollar industry. I don't actually know the numbers on this, but I'm going to, I'm going to speculate wildly and probably without any foundation, diet. no finance that, that oh. Well, diet is too, but that finance is this huge industry of people telling you like how to save money, how to better invest your money. Um, and cause everyone wants, you know, most, most people, uh, struggle with this. They want to mm-hmm. be better with their money and then general organization things of like, how do I keep my house cleaner and how do I, um, schedule things that I'm using my time more efficiently. I know someone personally who they would schedule their free time breaks in their planner because they're like, I won't take a break if I don't schedule a break. Yeah. And they were like hyper organized about that. Um, and I so, do that myself actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I used to. Um, I have since uh, taken the back seats to, uh, <laughs> to that mm-hmm. and just sort of going with the flow. But um, And then as I sort of mentioned, the, the cleaning and organizing and chores is another thing that people do a lot of self-management. And there's like a hundred more examples. Yeah. That you can get really, really narrow or more broad um, you know, with a lot of, of these. So, all yeah. right, sorry, I took up a lot of your platform. Go ahead and jump in and, and tell us what you got on this. Cool. So yeah, I've kind of come to an understanding of like three kind of larger areas that kind of helps me understand, um, how to use this stuff, I guess. Okay. And, and not only in my own life, but how to convey it to others and help others out as well. So the first one would be what I call values and by values, um, I don't look at getting too into, uh, what is a value? What's not a value? Sure. Um, my point is, is there are these things that you can't have or hold. You right. can kind of freely choose them. So a good example would be uh, something like health is what I right. usually bring up. I can't pick it up and hold it and, and show you and say, look, Abraham, I've got my health. Look how healthy I am. Right? Like, where is that? It's a 10. It's a 10. Yeah. I, right? I say 10 health. Yeah, 10 health is it because I only have one hand up. It should only be a five health. Let's play Zelda rules. It's like five <laughs> hearts. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, now, so what they are is they're really these like ongoing, dynamic, kind of evolving and patterns of activity that you kind of continually do. So healthy eating, right, exercising, going to the doctor, all those things kind of consume um, what health is, okay. including all the measurements and targets that the doctor could have and et cetera. Relatively broad. And then um, you said not going into like what values are, but they're what they're not is they're not goals. You don't no. accomplish a value. No, you cannot accomplish them by definition is right. how we talk about them. And they're really the they're valued in them in in and of themselves, like by the person. Like okay. they're very close and near and dear to you. Okay. Um, and the perp- like pursuing them should be worthwhile or feel worthwhile right. um, to some extent. Anything else on values? No. Okay. It's pretty good. I mean, because I think those are going to continue to come up in some of our other topics. Yeah. And uh, and we'll talk sure. about. It. But I think just specifying where they fit inside of this idea of. Self-management and setting goals okay. is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. So values, the idea of the self-management is so identifying identifying your values is really the first step is what we talk about. And it's kind of uh, typically it's going through and I can link to some of these sort of things. Uh, common 
things that people like to move towards that people enjoy in life mm-hmm. um, and like to experience. And you kind of work through what are these sort of things that we call values. And really the basic steps you do is just writing down the ones that are important to you and reflecting on how important are these to me and um, how have I kind of been working towards them in the past. Uh, right. However long, three months, six months, year, whatever. Okay. Um, the goal there is not to get to dwelling on uh, what you have or haven't done. Just mm-hmm. recognize where you're at and then what changes you want to make. Okay. So it's you're kinda, not, not going to like spend a whole analysis of how have I ruined the last year of my life? Yeah, no, or 10 <laughs> or 20, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, like, yeah. The past is in the past. All you got is the present. Like, sure. where are we at? Where do you want to change now? Live in the moment. Right? Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. The next part actually is real well. Like, how are we going to actually work off of those values and those sort of things? Okay. So I had a, I had a note in here about, like, uh, barriers to the goals. Is that something you're going to tackle later? Barriers to setting goals? Yeah. Well, barriers to, like, the goals that you're trying to accomplish. Like, identifying what kind of behaviors you're doing that get in the way of you meeting some of your goals and the things that you that also facilitate those yeah. barriers so let me yeah let's bring that up after some of the goal setting okay yes yeah. practice perfect sound right. good sorry okay. yeah i just want to see yeah. where you at with that perfect no that's a perfect place to add it so um what it means to have a goal i think is a quick starting point so um a lot of times people say i think we're really good in our culture i can speak especially for uh, the United States of America, where I'm at. Yeah. Um, I can't speak so much for other cultures. And, well, uh, and I think we even, uh, in my experience, narrow this down to like a West Coast culture. Because I feel like there's yeah. there's some variations across. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I guess even a, a slightly urban version yeah. of a so West I'm, Coast culture. Yeah, I'm based in Reno, Nevada. So uh, there's very much a difference between the West Coast and where we're at compared yeah. to some East Coast places. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind... Um, I think this does apply across uh, a lot of the U.S. Though mm-hmm. is I think we're very good, and I would I'd be willing to bet a lot of the world like we're very good at talking about uh, goals, introducing the idea and the concept of like you should have goals and you should work towards them. But mm-hmm. I think we're very good. Um, we're not at the point where we have a very fail-proof way of saying here's how you accomplish your goals. Yeah, you definitely goals, not. Right. Yeah. So with that, I've come to realize like you can say like uh, you know we need to work towards our goals. Mm-hmm. We can explicitly state them and kind of work through them. Yeah. So goals, I really look at function a few different ways. They can be something that you say, and you're going to follow them because somebody else is really pressuring you to follow them. Yeah, the flossing so thing. The flossing, uh, we do that a ton in education. Like you oh, need to learn this because such a good, it's important. Such a good example. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so much of education that sort of way. And it's I get why. it's It can be very good. Yeah. It can also be not very good sometimes as right. well, right? I think – and it's also – maybe this is a little topic, but speaking from my experience as, as a teacher – once you identify how your role of I'm telling you this, you need to learn it, you need to do this, what that feels like on the receiving end and on the delivering end and looking at so the what the teacher has to do, what they're obligated to do and what they feel like they have to accomplish is not necessarily in line with what the student wants, what the student values, yes. what they want to accomplish. And so it can turn it really quickly into this coercive process of just, I'm going to threaten you and I'm going to manipulate you yeah. and I'm going to coerce you until I get what I yeah. need so that I can do my job. Yep. Um, and so I think having this approach of really recognizing, I understand that you are your own person and you have your own values and your, and your own goals. Yeah. And so like, I'm going to try and work those into what I'm doing. Yep. Uh, that, that's been a, a helpful approach for me. And I definitely, you know, get the feedback from students that they appreciate yeah. having that sort of approach with them. Yeah. So it really comes down to your history also with that specific person mm-hmm. and what they've provided you. That's what kind of where this, this rule, uh, 
uh, kind of comes from, like saying you should do it because of X. Right. It comes down to the person who's giving you those rules as yeah. well, right? So um, I can easily see your perspective on what you just said there, and I, I have that philosophy on like approaching almost every single clinical situation I'm ever finding myself in yeah. um, and helping people out. There's things that come to mind, though, in which it's very good to have that sort of rule. So my dad has been extremely well at when he offers certain types of advice you need to follow this. He uses mm -hmm. that very specifically. It's always paid off. Got a dad voice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, when he's suggested in a certain way, it's like, I need to do this. And mm -hmm. I understand that this is going to be the best option for me, yeah. for me because he's uh, learned otherwise. Um, and he's very good at delivering those rules. I need to figure out how to do that. In certain ways, yeah. <laughs> um, and even as like the I'm now 27, 28, that's this thing I still follow. And I could see it being a thing that uh, I always question, mm -hmm. but um, my history of that success with him giving me those rules yeah. has been a very big thing um, for me to kind of like, it's a good goal to kind of follow, I guess, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so now, yeah, your, your learning has been that when this particular person helps do that provide the self-management from the external side yeah that that actually can work to help have you change your and regulate your behavior differently. yeah and doing it for the sake of someone else has said to do it right yeah. right okay yeah. which uh which is okay like it's totally okay to have your um have your actions be in the pursuit of things that are valuable to other people as well yep. because those can be in line with your values still yep exactly cool. that's what you're gonna have. yeah um you can even say to yourself like i'm gonna follow this because i'm gonna do it for myself yeah i was also following this category and I think, uh, I mean, in your opinion, does it help to recognize that? Like, who am I doing this for? Oh, or yeah, is yeah, it? yeah, okay. yeah. So yeah, maybe... that's huge. That's actually, I'm going to lead right into that. Oh, sweet. So the Segway. next, yeah. Um, so there's two other things real quick. Um, these sort of goals can be represented, like we said, in like uh, kind of these ways where people talk to you and say you need to do it because of X. Mm -hmm. um, it could also be like uh, you're going to do it, but you're going to take into account the other things that are happening, the other data and information that's available to you. Yeah. So maybe uh, these are always things that uh, I'll be told something specifically like you need to do. I find these a lot in business situations where it's way to handle X and like management. Or okay. So from a manager position or being someone who's being managed? Someone in, a, in both. I okay. find them very relevant to both. Oh, perfect. It's harder in the managed position because okay. you're being managed. Right. Uh, right? You're to, on to the receiving way. The, yes. Yeah, I want you to do um, the next thing. But what it is is you you follow the rule, but you take into account the other information that you know um, may or may not affect you following that rule really well. Okay. So um, let's think of a real world example. So someone says the best way to get uh, fit is by running a lot. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, so I'm going to run a lot. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to shed some weight and get really fit. Right. But then maybe what I do is I realize uh, that my friend that's in a physical therapy. Yeah. Um, or sorry, physical training is what mm -hmm. I meant. Knows of some best practices actually to how to lose weight faster. Gotcha. So he recommends something like uh, high intensity, high intensity interval training. Sure. It's an example from my own life. He's like, you need to try this hit training. Mm -hmm. um, that'll actually help a lot. And lo and behold, kind of read in and the literature shows it's not clear. I don't want to get into that, but like it does help um, some people on like fat loss and kind of getting okay. those sort of goals faster. Okay. So with that one, it was like I was given a rule, but I took into account this other information and data that kind of shaped okay. what it was. And again, that could be someone else externally providing that to you or you internally giving yourself some sort of goal mm -hmm. and then realizing that you need to kind of alter your approach to reward solving that goal based on your success or failure. Yeah, okay. In the moment of unfolding. So, okay. yeah, yeah. so you, you get sensitive to your own sort of consequences um, and your reactions you learn from it that way. Yes, cool. correct. Now the last one is uh, what we kind of talk about is like goal statements that motivate. 
So these things are really purely just to like push you and okay. get you doing something. I am historical for doing a lot of these sort of things. Okay. Um, so what I do is I'll, I'll set a ton of really unrealistic goals. Mm-hmm. Well, not unrealistic. They're, they're pretty unrealistic, but they're things that that's I could true. potentially achieve. <laughs> Knowing you, I can say yes. that's true. <laughs> and so I set the bar really high. And the reason is, is I'll get a lot more done than if I were to set the bar low and just achieve that. Okay. So what I, I would I feel rather... Like my experience is somewhat different from myself just because... I feel like I get overwhelmed really easily. Uh-huh. So it's like if I feel like I'm trying to accomplish something and it gets too big, then I'm just like, ah, I give yeah. up. Yeah. And I think <laughs> but, a lot of people that way, I don't think the, my like approach is always the best. So you're just a weirdo. Um, well, yeah. I think it. I think there's there's definitely people out there that it works for. Sure. Like, no, I'm, yeah, um, I'm the constant kind of chaos and pressure of, I need to achieve this and yeah, I work yeah. towards it. It's so fun and it's so rewarding to kind of like try to work towards those sort of things. Sounds crazy. Um, yeah, I used to get a lot of flack for it in my grad program because it'd be like, you're setting all these unrealistic goals. And I was like, but look how much I'm getting done. Yeah. Right? So uh, what I do now is I, I try to set like what what is my minimum and what am I going to try to strive for and I make sure that I'm hitting those sort of things. Okay. Um, so I just want to hit a couple quick things on goal setting and then we can bring in Sweet. Um, what you were talking about. So um, like you said, like we kind of mentioned, the biggest thing is your goals so real quickly, your goals, there's a lot of different formats out there. One of them is smart goals. So mm-hmm. they're specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Okay. Um, that's a format in which uh, a lot of people have kind of run to, especially in the business world, yeah. um, of how to write them. So Sorry, the difference, acronym. yeah, smart goals, right? Um, the idea would be that I could write something like, um, I'm going to get healthier. But is that very specific on what I mean by healthier? Right. Is it measurable? Probably not in the way that I wrote it. So goals differ from values in that goals are specific actions that can be accomplished. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Is it realistic to be healthier? Yeah, but like did, the way I wrote it, is it really realistic that yeah. I want to like find that healthier thing? Almost, it reminds me a little bit of the, the Common Core standards for yeah. education where it has very clear like these are the things that need to be accomplished yep. and virtually no idea how yeah. to accomplish them. Yes. It would be yeah. wonderful yeah. If, if everyone could do this. And yeah. <laughs> what now what? Yeah. Do it. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. Like your goal is healthy. Just just get healthy. Yeah. Just do it. And I skipped uh, I skipped the A on attainable the way we wrote out. You know I want to be healthier. So um, just that smart. also yeah <laughs> it also kind of misses that like you it's hard to say when we've obtained the healthier right yeah um, or attained it and then the last one would be timely and the, without a, a time stamp on when we're trying to achieve it it's hard to measure progress. Okay. So if we wanted to use that there's a lot of people who talked about it. Um, is that like setting deadlines or just saying. Um, that the goals you set are small enough that they can be met relatively quickly for a sense of achievement. Both. It oh, okay. could be either. Um, okay. That's how they've used it. I think cool. the, I think both are valid approaches for your situation. Try to pick one and go for it. Excellent. Um, so the point there was that I could have um, something like I want to be healthier uh, or I could have something like, uh, let's think. think. One of them that I have right now is that I'm going to run 25 miles in a group relay race up in Tahoe, uh, California. Yeah. Um, it's actually the Reno Tahoe Odyssey. Never done it before. Oh, okay. But like, uh, what it is is, I think that's enough of my goal statement there. Okay. I'm end it there. Um, but what it is, it's very specific on where I'm going to do it, what yeah. I'm going to do. Um, and when it's going to take place. It's measurable on the distance okay. and the time and the day. It also brings in the timely. The realistic and attainable is a little bit more questionable, and it's really kind of more based on like how much I've been running and exercising, which I've been doing pretty well. So it's something I'm gonna have to really strive for, but I can do it. Now I've just created something that is actually fits within my healthier domain. Mm-hmm. It is so it's lined lined up in those values, mm-hmm. and it's something that's a goal that I can achieve. Okay. I can kind of check off. So all of that yeah. was 
looking at self-management inside of the context of you have a value and you have a specific target to go toward. And as something you mentioned before, um, we haven't brought back up is like knowing what your starting place is mm-hmm. and like the steps to get there. Yes. Yes. Perfect. So the... I actually had a similar, sorry, just to jump in because you reminded me of this. A few years back, I decided I was going to train for a half marathon. Uh-huh. And I had never run more than three miles in my life. Yeah. And I was like, 13 miles is no human being can do that. And so <laughs> I, uh, I found online a uh, training schedule where it was just like, these are the distances you have to run on these specific days. Mm-hmm. And I printed it out mm-hmm. and I taped it to the like hutch of my desk. So in this big office, this big group office where all these desks were, there's 25 other people in there and they can all see each other's desks. And you know, for the most part, nobody pays attention to what anyone else is mm-hmm. doing. But under the the fact that they could see my progress, yep. every day that I ran, I would go in and mark it off. And like, yeah. sure enough, in a few weeks, I was up to running eight, nine miles. Yeah. I got all up to 10, 11 miles. Then yeah. got all the way up to my uh, half marathon, 13 uh, nice. mile distance. And I ended up <laughs> not even signing up for the race. <laughs> and I just ran it just on my own. I like, I put in an audio book and I went running for like, you know, an hour. There you and, go. Uh, yeah. and it was it was really cool because I was really trying to look at the self-management aspect of that when I did it. I'm like, man, this was crazy. I never thought I'd be physically capable of doing this. Yes. And here I am every week spending hours out running. Yep. And I'm like, it, it just works. And it, yeah. it fits within my life. And I'm hitting these goals I have. And um, I think that something you mentioned what was a really important process was, first of all, I knew exactly how far I needed to go each time that I ran. Yep. And I had specific days that I ran on. So I planned my schedule around that. Mm-hmm. And I had s- sort of involuntarily enrolled my coworkers yeah. by having yeah. that visual posting of I had to go mm-hmm. in and like check it off that I had done it. And um, yeah. I have since fallen way off the bandwagon. <laughs> but the fact that I ever accomplished it in the first place made me feel like, man, I actually... Super cool. Yeah, I could yeah. do this thing yeah. if I really put... Yeah. myself to it my first like running story is like very similar I yeah was, like i just never thought i could do this yeah i set it up um in graduate school i found i actually i kid you not found like a uh app that told me like how to kind of build up it wasn't for a half marathon i did not follow it super well yeah um but what it did is it got me just enough engaged into it and just far enough where mm-hmm. i realized that like after two or three miles your whole body doesn't actually feel horrible yeah and when you can kind of consistently that's do it, the trick <laughs> and then you can actually enjoy it a bit which is weird yeah, it's always a rough start still. But yeah, yeah. It, it always, yeah, kind of did that. So, yeah, yeah you that, actually you hit on a few things. I just okay, want to hit real quick, which is you have to identify things that you're currently doing, mm-hmm. um, which you talked about, like where where's my kind of baseline at, like what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I think there's two parts. There is it's important so that you can j- judge how well you're doing in the future, okay, right? and where you're trying to get to. That's a great point. Um, but it also we so much times focus on the bad stuff and the things we don't want to do, mm-hmm. and we need to see positive. Like this is what I am doing in my life that yeah. is really nice, right? Yeah, yeah. Going so, so going I back did. to that idea, there's a whole lot of why <laughs> am I not doing this? Yes, but that, that doesn't that doesn't tell you a whole lot. It doesn't really give you a lot of direction either. Yes. Um, so you kind of hit on that. The next one would be uh, we didn't really hit on this, but like I can tie it into my goal statement or like the running one. Mm-hmm. And yours, for example, you set a bunch of smaller goals and you kind of tier those goals. Yeah. So tiering those goals, um, biggest thing I've found is just relying on someone that knows how to help you set them in that specific area can really okay. help out. So you, what I call that is like a subject matter expert. Okay. They're always very useful for anything self management related. So they know the topic very well and they know the area that you're trying to learn very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that'll do is just practice and like getting some reps under trying to actually tear your goals out mm-hmm. will very much, um, I've learned a lot from that process. I tear them out. I'm like, that didn't quite work. Maybe I need to do smaller, bigger, you know, tiers yeah. on what I'm kind of working towards. And then 
learning from your errors. I think that's a big uh, kind of philosophical point to kind of look at. Of okay. Like, uh, we, we say this thing a lot of times, like the learner is always right. Yeah. And the idea is like not necessarily that you know the best thing or like you're, you're the subject matter expert necessarily. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing, you're doing because of the circumstances around you. Learn right. from it. It's information. Don't hit yourself really hard over the fact that you're not doing what you want to do. Try to understand those triggers and those things that are kind of going on. I love that from the educational standpoint of this whole thing of don't ever make errors. And while there, there is some like good research on when you build it a, um, a habit or a tendency to do it correctly the first time, then you don't have to worry about going through correcting it later. But there's actually so much utility in making errors and mistakes yeah. of like where you mess up that ta- that teaches you so much about the things that you now need, you know, you need to avoid. Mm-hmm. And if you hadn't had that experience, then you wouldn't have the opportunity to make your behavior that much more resilient to changes in the future. Mm -hmm. So you're just, you're making, you're setting yourself up for success by allowing errors to happen and then allowing yourself to learn from those mistakes. Yeah. So that kind of ties us into like learning from your errors then kind of ties you into, you can do is you can actually, especially all these, like, as you have, if you have kind of an idea where you're at, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of blending that learning from your errors, you can start from a very small approximation of where you want to get to. Okay. And so, for example, if I, if I know I can go out and run two miles mm-hmm. and I can make it back to the house, I'm going to actually set my goal for like 1.5 yeah, yeah. on the first date. So it's like, it's so, it's, it's a, low, a low-hanging fruit. Like, you yep. can definitely do it. Yeah, and I kind of build off of that. So I'm going to go up and down. And then you see, like, a lot of those running programs actually do that. They go up and down. And yeah, I, that was I what I did, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know the extent to which, I know that's important physically for when you're training, mm-hmm. um, but I would be willing to bet that it'd be really fun to study like really long term, but I'd be willing to bet that has some behavioral components in there too, as it makes it a little bit more achievable. Well, I was going to say, um, one, one of the things as we we're talking about the running thing, I noticed, and you mentioned as you get to that two mile, you get used to like two miles, yeah. the awfulness of that is part of the, the good things that can develop inside of self-management when you get into, is when you feel you're getting into a good groove of things. And uh, that is sort of metaphorically related to the running because it's like once you have that good pace, mm-hmm. you can just maintain that almost indefinitely. Yeah. I mean, until your body literally gives out. Yeah. Like, you can just you can just keep going. And I found that when I, even after I had run that 13 miles, I kept running 25 miles a week mm-hmm. because I could get out there and get into a groove of running that just like it felt actually kind of good. It was part of my routine. It was part of this... Um, system that I established for myself. And so do you find that in some of the stuff you've talked about and you've learned from self-management yeah. that once you get into that goal setting mode and you're hitting those goals, that knowing that um, you don't necessarily always have to be under what you're shooting for, but have a good uh, system where you're, you're being successful and you're hitting goals and you can continue to move forward, but not necessarily always be like, it's never good enough. I'm never there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Personally, it's worked out pretty well for me. Okay. I think some people... You like the I'm never there sort of thing? I kind of like it. I know some people can totally wreck like what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, dangling the carrot. So if we, do, we didn't mount a stick on you and just yeah. have a carrot on one yeah. and dangle it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll run at that carrot all day. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give up pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just break the stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So the last one is uh, that I want to bring in that you brought up was in your example um, and that I, I can tie to mind too is creating a support network of people around you. So a support network quickly is just folks that around you you can trust to kind of help you out with your goals and the things mm-hmm. you want to achieve. Um, and you talked about your coworkers were inadvertently kind of brought into it as kind of like, in a way, kind of like that support network, that kind of folks that potentially could be watching. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, this uh, crazy relay race, like if you ask me, like, do you want to run? I, it's still unsure. Like We don't have a complete team, so it might be 18, it might be 24 or so miles. But if you like, ask me, like, do you want to wake up and just spend uh, – 
30 hours with a team just running. I was like, this sounds horrible. And you're like, guys, like, talk it out. Like, <laughs> no, it doesn't I don't. sound Thank fun. Thank you for asking, but no, I don't. <laughs> I know that the social part's going to be extremely fun. It's going to yeah. be 30 hours in a car with a bunch of people and some very kind of intimate experience of going through something that I've never gone through before, which sure. is like an area that I really value in life, actually, is like going through these sort of things. Yeah. Um, but the fact that I found a team, signed up, and now I know that there's 10 other people or nine right now that mm. are like relying on me to do my part, mm-hmm. that's why I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. tomorrow and go for a run. Um, it's not going to be easy, but yeah. it's part of like what gets me out of bed and keeps me going. Um, and so the support network part, uh, is a very crucial part as well. And I think there's one thing I want to really, or a couple of things I really want to hit on that is your support network. I think oftentimes we'll also do the same thing where they focus on the bad too much. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to create a very nurturing process. Sure. Let's sit down. Let's see where we're at. Let's talk about strategies on how we can change and move forward. Let's not make that a negative experience, right? Yeah, that whole like drill sergeant approach of this is how you get people motivated and this is how um, you you get the kind of behaviors you want to see. It can work to an extent and for some things, but we've sort of found in the research and, and through experience and whatnot that like that isn't actually the most effective yeah. approach. It, it, it can it, be temporary. It can work extremely well for people. Yeah, which... it, and it can jumpstart the kind of things you need to get needed. But um, in the long term, like you're going to get happier, more committed people who are really dedicated to a certain thing yeah. when you have that nurturing environment that really yeah. is supportive and not just like, yeah. I'm going to make sure you create a place where you're yeah. just afraid of being beat down all the time. Yeah. And some people thrive in that environment. Okay. So sorry that ends a little bit abruptly, uh, but we're going to wrap it up there for this week and be sure to check in next week for the second part of our self-management episode. Thanks. You've been listening to why we do what we do. Why We Do What We Do is supported in part by ABAI's Disseminating Behavior Analysis Special Interest Group and our amazing listeners. If you like what you heard, consider heading to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash podcast. Anything helps, and we are continuously lining up perks and merch for our supporters. If you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you. Find us at podcast on your favorite social media platforms. You can learn more about this and other episodes by going to www.podcast.com. There, you'll find links as well as detailed and shareable show notes. Why We Do What We Do is Abraham, Ryan O, and Miranda. Artwork and logo design by Andrew Pollock at nogdesigns.com. Video and production assistance from Tyler Brucier with music courtesy of Justin Greenhouse. Brendan Bohr does our episode art. Thanks for listening, and we hope you have an awesome day.